0: what is up my young and profiting family welcome back to another yap classic episode marissa is the award-winning founder of rapid transformational therapy which helps people rewire their brain to overcome things like anxiety stress lack of self-esteem and addiction to live an impactful, purpose-driven life. Marissa's clientele includes Hollywood celebrities, CEOs, and professional athletes. She's also the best-selling author of five books and the creator of the iconic I Am Enough movement. Today, Marissa and I are talking about the difference between arrogance and confidence, why you should speak to yourself in the present tense, and we'll uncover the dangerous habits that are harming our mental health. Marissa will also break down how to navigate overwhelming situations by paying attention to your language. If you didn't listen to part one, go ahead and listen to that first and come back afterwards. We talked about parenting yourself, practicing affirmations, and understanding the ways you were conditioned as a child so you know how they impact you as an adult. We're replaying both parts of this episode in honor of Mental Health Awareness Month. Without further ado, here's part two of my interview with Marissa Peer. as I was listening to some of your rules and guidance when it comes to speaking to yourself, there were some rules that I kind of wrote down. So being super repetitive, making sure you're in the present tense, using really exciting and descriptive words when it comes to our statements of truth. So could you talk to us about the right way and the wrong way that we should do this? Because I want to make sure that people have the knowledge to actually implement this in their lives
1: we're all told this lie. The mind is so complicated. It's incredibly complex. It takes a lifetime to understand your mind. No, it doesn't. The mind isn't complex. It's actually incredibly simple. It does what it thinks you want it to do. So when you understand the rules of your mind, you can put them into practice. And here's a rule that we should all remember. Every word you speak is a blueprint that your mind, body, and psyche work to make real. So How do you understand the mind very simply? The mind only works in the present tense. It's like a kid going who doesn't understand what tomorrow is. You can't say to the mind, next year I'll be a millionaire, next year I'll have a beach body, next year I'll find love, because the mind doesn't know what next year is. So you have to make your statements today. I'm becoming super lovable right now i'm becoming wealthy right now i'm becoming successful i am successful so it must be in the present tense that's really important and secondly your your words must make a clear picture I'm okay. I'm not bad. Life is good. That's not dynamic. I am magnetically lovable. I go out in the world and I have this magnetic love. I attract people that love me and I love them. So the words must be really, really exciting and very descriptive. It's not enough to go, I'm okay. I'm not bad. And it's definitely not good to go, I'm not fat. I'm not insecure, I'm not nervous because the mind only picks up words that make a picture. I don't eat cake. I don't want cake, I'm not interested in cake is making you think about cake. I'm not nervous in front of clients. I'm not scared of selling. I'm not anxious about presenting. You're picking up the words nervous and anxious. So you have to flip that around and go, I am a phenomenal seller. I give amazing presentations. When I speak at work, everyone understands what I'm saying. They like me. They listen to me. I ask questions. I answer them. My boss loves me. They're noticing the power of me. So, present tense, really exciting words, descriptive words. Your words must be relevant, up to date, and descriptive. And put words in I'm freaking awesome. I'm powerfully good at speaking. I'm amazingly, magnetically lovable. Make it exciting, dramatic, dynamic in the present tense. And the reason I emphasize that, I see so many people who go, yeah, I, I, in our of, I'm, I'm not scared. I, I'm not scared of speaking. I, I'm no longer going red and blushing and, and stuttering over words. You have to do the opposite. I speak clearly. I pronounce words easily. I breathe correctly. My energy level is phenomenal. And you know, it's not hard to dialogue with your mind when you understand the rules. It must be in the present tense. It must make a picture. It must excite and turn on your mind. And once you get that, it becomes easy and it must be repetitive. The mind learns by repetition and make what is unfamiliar, familiar. So if it's unfamiliar to believe in yourself, make it familiar because here's a rule of the mind. The mind loves what is familiar and would like to run back to what's familiar and run away from what is unfamiliar. That's a fact. But here's another fact. You can make anything you like familiar. And if you make believing in yourself and growing your self-esteem familiar, then you're making not believing in yourself unfamiliar. And it doesn't take long at all to make self-belief familiar. Just praise yourself. There is nothing, nothing on the planet that will grow your self-esteem like self-praise. Praise Praise actually grows your self-esteem in any way. But if I say to someone, oh, you're so great. I love you," You're amazing. I may have an agenda. I may want something from them. But when I say it to myself, there's no agenda except Growing self esteem and self esteem means, after all, what I think of me. If I say I hold you in the highest esteem, it's what I think of you. But self esteem is what you think of you, and you can grow that. It's not arrogance, it's not being big headed, it's that kind of quiet assurance that radiates and makes other people think, Oh, I, I feel great in your company. There's just something about you. So like yourself, like other people, grow your self-esteem. It will make you so much happier and it will make you a healthier, better
0: person too. Something that you just said sparked my interest and that's when somebody gives you a compliment. What's the right way and the wrong way to treat a compliment so that we can expand our minds instead of contract it?
1: I'm so glad you asked that because here's the thing. We want to expand. We want to expand out. You know, the mind, you have an incredible potential and you have no idea what your potential is because your potential expands. And as you meet it, it expands more and more and more. And when your mind expands to a new dimension, it never goes back. So imagine someone says, oh, I, I love that talk you gave. And you went, oh, it's terrible. Didn't you notice I said the word wrong. I stumbled. I went over time. I got bright red. Now you're diminishing it. If someone gave you a gift, you would accept it. So when someone praises you, say thank you. Someone says to me, "Hey, I love your book." I say, "Thank you so much. I wrote it for that reason." I don't go, "Oh, actually, you know, it really wasn't very good, and it's had some terrible reviews, and it's not actually doing that well." Do not diminish praise when someone praises you say thank you and even better once you got used to saying thank you add to it hey i love your jacket i go oh, i've had it for 10 years got it in target it's got a hole in it say thanks i love it too it's my favorite it's my favorite color so the first thing is do not reject praise when i'm in i go to spain a lot and i notice when the waiter comes up and i say thank you they go nanada don't mention. It. I go no mention it. When someone says thank you, accept it. So the first thing is accept it. The second thing is add to it. Go. I'm so glad. One of one of my clients was a movie director. So I love your movies. It was terrible. I said we well, got great reviews. No, no, it was all because got one an Oscar. There were no good nominations. I said, but your second review was oh even worse nominations. That I said oh. You're somebody who can't let him praise. I want you to say when I go, I love your movie. Thank you so much. I loved making that movie. This was somebody who was suicidal, who could not let him praise. And although it sounds almost too good to be true, making him say, thank you. I love making movies. It gives me pleasure. gives other people pleasure. is important. The second thing is if someone comes up and goes, hey, I loved your talk. Don't go, yeah, I loved yours too because now you're giving it back. Say thank you so much, let it in, and maybe after five or ten minutes, go by the way. I also happen to love your talk. If someone says, I love your shoes, don't go, I love yours, that sounds normal, but no, because you're giving it back. You want to expand and not contract. When you're expanding, and someone says, I love your business, I love the products you make, I love something, I love your hair, don't go oh, no, my hair, I haven't washed it for a week because now you're contracting. And also when you go, yeah, I love your hair, you're also contracting, expand. When someone says, I hear you're an amazing seller and you go, well, not really. It was just a fluke. There's a much better seller in our company, but he was sick that week. You're contracting, expand into greatness by seeing praise as a gift. You wouldn't go, oh, I don't want that gift. Let me give it back thank you so much is the first step. And then add to it, yeah, I love selling. I, I'm, yeah, apparently I'm really good at it because I really like it. And don't say, but but you're also good at selling. That's how you expand and not contract. We all want to keep expanding and praise yourself, but also praise other people. You know, when I'm in a store, I love saying to the check out person, oh, I love your voice, or your nails are really nice, or you smell lovely, or thank you so much. I, I love going around the world praising people, saying you did a great job, or oh, your, your kid is so lovely, a great parent, because it, it builds people up. But there's no point in doing that if you're not also doing it to yourself. So praise will boost your self-esteem and criticism will wither it. So let in praise, praise yourself,
0: and don't let in criticism. I love that. Would you say that there's any chance that somebody can be overconfident. Because there's a whole movement now where people want to be humble. And I'm somebody who's very confident. I've been studying law of attraction for a long time. And so I feel no problem to praise myself and accept compliments. But then sometimes I think people take it as arrogance. So how do we make sure that we don't come across as arrogant? And can we be overconfident?
1: Well, you see, arrogance is trying to convince someone else. I'm amazing me. I'm better than you. I'm smarter. I've got a better education than you. And they have to diminish you and elevate themselves for that to happen. But they really want that to happen. So an arrogant person is not confident. Confident people don't brag. They don't go, hey, I've got more money than you. My job's better than yours. My car is better than yours. A confident person isn't a brag. Or they're not a show off. They, they often, they just have that confidence themselves. So oh, I'm okay at this. And so arrogance is just the other end of the scale of insecurity. I'm insecure and I need you to make me feel better. I'm insecure. So I'm going to brag and show off and convince you that I'm amazing because I don't really think I am. But right in the middle of the arrogant interview is what I call honoring yourself, telling yourself, this, but you don't walk around going, I'm great, me, I'm amazing. You just at home or in your head say, I'm okay. I'm doing a great job. I've got something to offer the world. I loved it when Snoop Dogg said, I'm going to pray, con- congratulate myself here. I have worked really hard. So while I'm thanking everyone, why don't I thank myself? And I thought that that wasn't arrogance. So you can't be overconfident. That's that fake it till you make it because real confidence isn't fake. It's saying, oh, you're having a problem with your computer. I'm really good at computers. I can fix it. Oh, uh, you've got a headache. I'm really good at massaging pressure points and I could help you oh, you're having problems, let me help you. This is my gift, I'm good at this, but no one's good at everything. So confidence is not showing off, it's that quiet self-assurance. You know, many years ago, my previous partner had cancer and he went to see his own oncologist and he came back and he said, well, he's gonna do his best. And I knew that those very words were not. I said, let me take you to the best a prostate cancer doctor. He said, I don't want to see him. I said, no, he's just going to see him. And he said, I happen to be the best prostate cancer doctor in Europe. And um, I'm going to make you better. You're going to live. He said, oh, the other guy said he was going to try. I said, no, 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 we don't try. We do. Under my hands, This is a walk in the park. We'll remove it. You're going to be great. Your life will be normal. You're going to live until you're 92. Was that arrogance? He said it in such a nice way. If you go to the school and they go, well, our gift is to take your kid and to give you back in a couple of years a really rounded person, smart, confident, outgoing, happy. Oh, yeah, that's so arrogant. I think I'll find a different teacher who says, well... We do the best we can, but, you know, there's no guarantees. Who wants to go to a doctor who says, well, I do the best, but, you know, who knows? It's, it's a lottery here dealing with your illness. When people say, I have got an ability To heal you, help you sort this out. You know, if I said to somebody, "My washing machine's leaking, can you fix it?" Oh, yes, Uh, we're the best washing machine fixers in LA, and we can be there in an hour. I don't want someone who goes, "Well, I'll try, but who knows?" So, confidence is that reassurance in who you are and what you have to offer, but also recognizing that other people are also good at things. There's many things I can't do. I love giving jobs. I have a girl who works with me called Rosie, who is the most amazing writer, much better than me. And I give her all our writing jobs because that's her gift. She's extraordinary. So a confident person doesn't go, I'm good at everything. They go, no, actually, that's not my gift. I'm not really good at that." Even Nigella Lawson, who's an amazing cook, said, not really good at playing with children I like cooking but never being good at that when people say I'm good at everything that's arrogance when they say my gift is x and someone else's gift is y like my husband is amazing at marketing I'm not interested in it. he's amazing at cooking and he loves go. he loves wandering around shops, looking at food and different spices. I, I'm not interested in that at all, but I love that. That's his gift. It's certainly not mine, but you're only supposed to have one. So confident people do have a degree of humility as well. And they also celebrate other people's wins. You know, natural leaders, they celebrate everyone else's wins. They make people feel part of a team. And so if someone is arrogant, I can promise you that is not a confident
0: person at all. Let's hold that thought and take a quick break with our sponsors. What's up, Yap Bam? Being an entrepreneur and working remotely definitely has its perks. And I know a lot of you listening in are in the same boat as me. But do you really take advantage of being able to work from anywhere? You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash profiting. So I wanted to get into a quick fire segment. I know that you have some dangerous habits that you talk about, which could lead us to lose our success. So I was thinking I could rattle off a dangerous habit and then you could give us some advice to counteract that dangerous habit. So dangerous habit number one, waiting for perfection.
1: Yeah. You see, waiting for perfection is you've entered a race. Here's the race. Here's the finishing line. And as you run towards it, it moves and it moves and it moves. And when you enter a race to be perfect, you can never even complete it. There is no perfect. Nature doesn't allow that. Stop trying to be perfect. You can certainly perfect your craft, but I could say, as a speaker, I'm always learning. As a writer, I'm always learning. We are in that, it's like that can I constant and never-ending improvement but don't try to be perfect. People who try to be perfect are the unhappiest, but they're also the loneliest, because guess what? We don't like perfect people. They they seem to shine so bright that we feel somewhat inadequate in their light. So please don't try to be perfect. Just be you. There's no prize for being perfect. It's, it's a lonely world when you're perfect because we're all flawed, we're all imperfect. And actually, our imperfections make us very, very endearing. We go, you know, I love the fact that I love it that my partner's got a little tummy because I can have one, too. I love the fact that my mum isn't perfect. I I love the fact that my father left my mother because when I wanted to leave college, I could go back and go, hey, Dad, you know, I know you want me to stay, but you know how you had to leave my mum no matter what? That's how I feel about leaving college. I have to leave. And I was so glad I had a flawed parent because it allowed me to be flawed myself. So rather than try to be perfect, celebrate your flaws. It makes you human. And that's a wonderful thing.
0: Love that. Okay. Dangerous habit number two, doubting yourself it's okay to doubt
1: yourself let's imagine you're going to be a speaker and you go well you know I need to learn so I need to learn when I was first given a TED talk I was the opener for TED and they said you must finish in 18 minutes so Those were 15 you must be finished in 18 so I had to practice that and thought, I've got to get really used to this speech so it starts and ends in 18 minutes And I I hadn't done that before. And it was very good for me to time it and get it just right. So, if a little bit of self doubt makes you think, hey, I'm going to go for this job, but I I need to learn more, that's okay. But the negative is, I'm going to give a presentation. I know I'm going to mess it up. I know I'm going to go bright red. I'm going to open my mouth and go, uh, uh, and sound like an idiot. Don't do that. Say things like, I've got this. I can do it. This is amazing. Many years ago, I just literally had a baby a week before and I was going to do this television show and I'd recorded everything you need to say on a cassette tape. That's how long ago it was. And I got in the car and I pressed rewind and I drove there and I suddenly thought, oh my God, I forgot to play it. I was listening to the radio. I thought, well, you know what? That's a sign I don't need it. If I didn't play it back, I guess I don't need it. It's going to be just great. So when you say, this is going to be great, I may not be prepared, but it's okay. I can do this, I've got this. This has got my name all over it. I want it, I love it, I've chosen it and I've chosen to feel great about it. I find the magic words are, I want this, I want it, I've chosen it, I love it, love it, love it. That will
0: smash out self-doubt for you and that's a wonderful thing. I love that, okay. Dangerous bad habit number three, procrastinating and self-sabotaging.
1: Well, you see, you know, I see people all the time. I've been a therapist for 30 years. I created RTT. We've trained 10,000 therapists all over the world. And you'd be amazed when come in with self-doubt and self-sabotage. And that is nothing more than the fear of rejection. Innermost, most profound fear is rejection. If you reject me, I'll die. And actually, it wasn't that long ago that that was true. We had to live in a tribe. So if you are a self saboteur if you procrastinate, say, I'm doing this because I'm scared of rejection. If I don't do the work, if I don't write that presentation, if I don't work on my website all weekend and put it off and then it never gets built, then when my business goes, I go, well, you know what? It's because I never built that website. If I sabotage myself, it's to stop myself feeling that I'm not enough. And all of those habits stem from the real fear of rejection, but here's the truth. The only person who can reject you is you. So you could go, okay, I'm writing a book. It might fail, I don't know, but I'm giving it everything I've got. And if it doesn't get picked up, well, at least I wrote it, I did everything. That's better than saying I could have written a book, I should have done, but I never did, or I started and never finished. So procrastination and self sabotage are really nothing more than a fear of being rejected. The only person who has the real power to reject you is you. I've had manuscripts sent back many times as so did J.K. Rowling, but you just pick it up and send it back again until someone accepts it. And if they never do, you go, Well, I tried that, wasn't meant to be, and then I moved on to something else. So you can stop sabotage by the way you talk to yourself. You can stop procrastination almost immediately by going, I want this. I've chosen to give it my all. That's what I've chosen. Because when you say that, your mind goes, Oh, right, you do have a choice. And you're choosing to give it your all. But when you go, oh, I'm dreading it. It's so boring writing. I hate spending all my weekends putting together my business. Your mind goes, You know what? I, I think there's a sock drawer that needs really sorting out here. Because you're telling your mind, I don't want to do this. And when you go, I want it. I want it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Even when it's not true, it becomes true. So that is the magic word for saboteurs. I want it. I love it. I've chosen. I've chosen to feel great about it. And I'm on it right
0: now. I think that's great. This one is really important, especially in the day of social media. So dangerous habit number four, comparing ourselves to others.
1: You know, we we have this whole thing, which I find so sad. We decide we are something to do with the numbers, the weight on the scales, the the number in my clothes, the number in my bank account, the number on my birth certificate, the number. I say how many followers have I? How many likes have I got? And we're now judging ourselves by numbers. You are not a number. You are not your years, your weight, your shape, your size. You are not your followers. Do not allow yourself to believe that that matters. What matters? Is that the people in your life who love you? Our happiest moments are always our interactions with others, and interactions on social media are very nice, but they're not real. I mean, I I can say that having people who are so lovely to me on social media and say, Oh, I love you. Somebody said to me once, You know, you're the only person in my whole world that says something nice to me every day, and I loved that, but that was a shame that that person didn't have somebody in the flesh who did that, but maybe by hearing me say it, she could believe she was worthy and go out and find real flesh and bone people to do that too. So don't allow yourself to believe that you are the number of your followers, that that is real. The social media world is not real. It's quite fake. You may have a thousand followers. When you have the flu, are they turning up with chicken soup? And some orange juice. I don't think so. So don't be deluded. It's great to have it. I've got lots of followers. They're lovely. I love having them. They make me feel great about myself. But I also understand that if I have a bad day, it's my husband, my daughter, my sister, my wonderful friends, or turning up to say, "Let's." When I was sick, you know, it was my friends who turned up in hospital to boost me up and we we got to really realize that it's real people that you can hug and hold hands with. And I sometimes take on parents who say, you know, yeah, I read my daughter a story every night on Zoom. I'm like, no, you need to be there. It's okay if you're traveling, but every night, I mean... That's not quality time. You, you can't, if someone said, hey, we'll have a date on Zoom, you go, well, that's not the same. I don't want to date on Zoom. And if you wouldn't date on Zoom, don't believe you can parent on Zoom. It, it's in addition to, it's not instead of. And social media friends should be in addition to, never instead of real friends. And social media dating, that's just to get you to the part where you meet. If you never meet, that's not
0: dating at all. One hundred percent. OK, let's do one more for dangerous habits. Overwhelming ourselves.
1: Yeah, I would say, to people, look, you are a human being, not a human being. And you know, I have pets and they sleep a lot. They have a bit of activity. They spend ages doing absolutely nothing, lying in the sun, having a wonderful life. I've spent a lot of time with tribes who do the same. They hunt, they, they cook, they hunt and gather, but they spend a lot of time sitting around the fire too and just being and you're supposed to be and not do and I think we've got this whole thing about I'm busy I'm so busy that makes me important I'm busy 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 you're actually like a battery and a battery must be recharged and I I think we should all go hey you know I'm lying on the sofa now and I'm recharging like a battery I've been to work I've given a lot and I'm going to come home and do nothing And there's no guilt because I'm recharging. Like if I just kept charging my phone for five minutes here and there, it would keep dying. I use that phone and then overnight I give it a rest, give myself a rest and I recharge it and I recharge myself. So when you're feeling overwhelmed because you've taken on too much, don't feel guilty about doing nothing. Don't believe that you must be busy But if you don't have any choice but have on too much because you're a parent with a career and maybe you're learning something new as well, decide it's okay. I've got this. This too will pass. I can write a book, raise a family, go to college, even work out. It's a lot, but I'm just doing this for now. This is not my life. It's just my life for this next year. So when you are in overwhelm, you can say, this is how I am today this is not my life. This is just my week or even my weekend or maybe this day. Overwhelm is okay if you get it into perspective and decide, I can do this for now, but it's not forever. I can go to college and I am going to be studying for three years, and it's a lot, but that this too will pass. So overwhelm really gets you. It's what I call PPP, personal pervasive And permanent, and that really means that you think oh it's me, I can't cope. It's here all the time, and it's always going to be here all the time. If it's not permanent or pervasive means going all the time. If it's not permanent, it's not you can deal with overwhelm. So see it as temporary and do everything you can to lessen it and don't be perfect. Hey, I could make a perfect dinner, but I can also just make this dinner. I could try to make my presentation perfect. I could go, you know, it's good enough right now. Overwhelm is this needing to be perfect. You're not supposed to be perfect. You're supposed to be a flawed human, having flawed relationships with flawed humans. It's the best you can ever be. It's great. So overwhelm comes from this drive to be perfect. And that drive is a lane that will take you to unhappiness, sadness and loneliness. to so get out of that lane and get into the flawed lane. There's great company there and you'll be much, much happier.
0: We'll be right back after a quick break from our sponsors. I want to talk to all you employers out there and let's talk about company culture. At Yap Media, we have a super unique company culture. We are all obsessed with excellence and we even call ourselves this really cute name, Scrappy Hustlers. We're all Scrappy Hustlers at Yap Media. And my team is growing fast. And hiring is a pain in the butt, especially if you're looking for A players that are going to roll up their sleeves. But luckily, when it comes to hiring, I no longer feel overwhelmed by the search for the perfect candidate because I use Indeed, the ultimate hiring platform. Indeed's matching engine always presents me with a pool of high quality candidates that match my job description to a T. If you're tired of drowning in your hiring pool, Indeed is here to rescue you. You can use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging your candidates, making the entire hiring process a breeze. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I've hired some of my best employees at Indeed, some of my best scrappy hustlers. With over 140 million qualifications and preferences analyzed every day, Indeed is constantly learning from your hiring preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets at actually hiring your perfect match. Join the ranks of more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that have already chosen Indeed to hire great talent. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash profiting. Just go to Indeed.com slash profiting right now to support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash profiting. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. Young and profiters, I've got a fun fact for you. Did you know that by 2030, over 85% of the jobs that will exist haven't even been invented yet? And that's why we need to acquire new skills and stay relevant and adaptable. By embracing lifelong learning, we can future-proof our careers and our businesses. That's why you've got to check out Economist Education. Economist Education provides online executive education courses tailor-made for professionals just like us, crafted by The Economist's own editors and special experts. Economist Education courses are designed to sharpen your professional skills in key areas like data storytelling, critical thinking, sustainability, and so much more. I highly recommend checking out The Economist Education course, Business Writing and Storytelling. profiting free. I'm really glad you brought up those three P's because I was hoping that you were going to cover it. And I'd love for you to just repeat that because I want my listeners to really understand that, that any problem is not really a problem if it doesn't fit in one of these three P's and it will help them reframe and kind of live a happier life. So if you could just stress that a bit. So
1: Let's imagine you've got a really horrible boss or a very difficult client, or indeed a very difficult teenager, and we go, this is ruining my life, it's killing me. For it to get you, it has to have three Ps. It has to be personal. But it's not personal. All teenagers tell their mothers they're awful. Your boss is horrible to everyone. It's not personal. Is it all pervasive? Not really. When you're at home having wonderful sex or having a nice dinner, is your boss in your house making you feel bad? No. Is it permanent? No. One day your boss will retire. You'll leave. Your difficult kid will leave and you'll wish they were back in your house. So if something isn't permanent, isn't all pervasive, meaning it's going on all the time, 24 hours a day, and it isn't personal, then it will hurt you less. So it's just a good way of looking at whatever's going on in your life. I've got all this work. It's killing me. Well, that's not permanent. You'll get through that work. And then you can say, I'm not ever going to take on that work. But I'm going to learn to say no. So that's not permanent. It's not personal because the work isn't personal. And it's not all pervasive. You still get to sleep. And if you'll say to me, no, I, I eat all day. I'm, I'm out of control. I, say, I eat nonstop. I say, Really? Even when you're in the toilet? Well, no, not when I'm in the toilet. Do you sleep? Do you eat when you're sleeping? No, I don't eat when I'm sleeping. So you're not really an out-of-control train wreck eating 24 hours a day like you just said. You No, but you know, my legs are the size of a house. Really, because you're in my house and you wouldn't have got through the door if your legs were the size of a house. So I just get people to really pay attention to their language and to stop putting themselves down. Big yourself up be nice to yourself and realize that most of our problems are not permanent, not personal. And guess what else? There's someone else's fantasy dream. There's someone on floor. I'd love your problem. I'd give anything to have a husband with bad breath, a kid that left pants on the floor. I, I would love a baby that kept me up. On it. I'd love to have that chance of giving a TED talk. I'd love to be in the, the traffic on the freeway, going to a job that pays the bills. So the PPPs are good, but also to realize that your problem is someone else's fantasy, dream country. And also, what would you have given for your problem 10 years ago? 10 years ago, you'd love to have had a kid that kept you up, a partner that challenged you, a job that stretched you. It's something that's actually good because it means you're growing and as a person, and
0: that's always a good thing too. Thank you for digging deep around that. Okay, as we close out, I heard you say many times that we should tell ourselves that we are enough and you're very famous for a movement, I Am Enough. So talk to us, why is that phrase so important? And why is that so much of the crux of the things that you teach?
1: Well, the common denominator of all of our issues, I mean, I I can say having been a therapist for so many years, all my adult life, the common denominator of all our issues is I'm not enough. You know, I've worked with thousands and thousands of addicts, drug addicts, alcoholics, people who are addicted to food or self-harm. I've never met one who ever believed they were enough you see when you think you're not enough you need more if I'm not enough I need more cake more alcohol more drugs more shopping I need I'm very needy I need you to praise me because I'm not enough but if I just take the night and go I am enough then I don't need something else to fill me up and so the not enoughness is an epidemic that's got worse and worse because we we feel we're judged by again What we look like, how many followers we've got, are we doing something worthy? And the not-enoughness, society's really done a number on us. It's made women feel they've got to be supermodels, mums feel they've got to be perfect, men feel they've got to be earning a lot with a six-pack. And I think the media, magazines, and, and it's like when I used to watch Friends, who knows a waitress that lives in Central Park? I mean, that was a great show, but yeah. that's just great. Waitresses don't live in Central Park. I mean, we, this is just not real. But we look at someone with a baby, just like a baby who's perfect. We look at people like the Kardashians. and think, oh, my God, But that's not real. And so when you compare yourself, you feel not enough. And the transition from I'm not enough to I'm enough is amazing because here's the thing. Imagine you start your day with I'm not enough. That's a thought. But that thought makes you feel inadequate, makes you feel sad, might make you feel angry. So you have a thought, you have a feeling, and then you have an action. The action you have from I'm not enough is often no action. I'm not going to take a risk. I'm not going to ask for that pay rise or ask that person out. So your thoughts create your feelings, your feelings create your actions and your behaviors. And you justify them again. Well, of course I didn't take a risk because I'm not enough. Take away the not. I am enough. Now you think, well, I'm enough. Well, that's a whole world of different feelings. I feel able to take risks. I feel good about myself. I feel worthy. I can ask someone out or ask for a pay rise. And now my behaviors change and my actions change. And I justify that because I'm enough. So Thoughts create feelings, create behaviors, create actions, and they're justified by going back to the thought. Change the thought, it changes your entire life. And that's why I created the I'm Enough movement. And it's an amazing movement because people say all over the world, you know, I just began to say that. And I was stunned by how it changed my life. I'd been depressed for years, or anxious, or I started to say it, and in no time at all, I met someone, I'm now married, I I managed to have a baby, I got a pay rise, I got the job of my dreams. It's a game changer, knowing you're enough. And if you want help, join the I'm Enough movement. Go to I'mEnough.com. We give away all these bracelets that say I'm Enough. I have it on cushions, on fridges. I have it everywhere because it's not a word. It's a statement I let in. So tell yourself you're enough. Go to I'mEnough.com. I promise you, I guarantee it will actually change your life.
0: I love that. And the last question I ask all my guests on Young and Profiting is, what is your secret to profiting in life? Well, I've
1: got a new book coming out in October and it's called Tell Yourself a Better Lie. And I guess that's one of my secrets. I realise that all my clients tell themselves lies. My job is killing me. This commute is killing me. My bum is the size of Los Angeles. I'm falling apart. This is a lie. If you are prepared to lie to yourself, tell yourself a better lie. I'm smart. I'm amazing. I'm lovable. I matter. I've got something. I'm a good person. I'm significant. So I think, you know, we all lie to ourselves. Oh, my life is a mess. I'm a hot mess. I'm a train wreck. It's just about understanding that your mind lets it in. So I think what stood me in very good stead is telling myself things that were probably seen as lies, starting off as an insecure kid who was asked to leave college and then saying, I'm smart. I matter. I am lovable. I'm I'm worthy of a loving relationship. I'm worthy of someone adoring me. I'm worthy of earning a lot of money That was a lie. But you know, when I said it, it became true. I have an amazing marriage. I wouldn't have even, my life now, I couldn't have imagined that life when I was 17 or even 28. I couldn't have imagined having two homes and the life we have, the love we have, the impact we make on people. And that's all because I began to tell myself a better lie than the first lie, which is I don't matter. I'm a geek. I'm stupid can't even have a baby. That was the first lie, but I told
0: myself a better lie and it's an amazing thing. That's awesome. Tell yourself a better lie. Where can our listeners go to find more about you and everything that you do, Marissa?
1: Well, if you go to com, we've got tons of free audios. We don't ask for your credit card. We have audios on wealth wiring, love wiring, health wiring, money blocks, love blocks. They're all free. If you would like to train in RTT and do what I do and there's no background in therapy required, go to RTT.com. So RTT.com, if you want to find a therapist or become me in a way, but a a version of me doing what I do because it is, I think the best job in the world so you can find me dot rtt.com and i'm enough.com and you can find my books on amazon you can find lots of my talks on youtube and instagram and i'm so glad i was called marissapeer because um there's only one of me which is good i used to hate my name but i love that now too because it's i'm so glad my parents didn't call me jane smith so Marissa Peer, you can find me anywhere
0: and I have to say, you know, just studying for this interview was so enjoyable because I just love hearing you talk. I love the things that you say. It's super positive. I, I just feel like it's so healthy for people to talk about these things and it's not talked about enough. So thank you so much, Marissa.
1: Thank you so much, too. I've loved it. You know, when you do what you love, you feel like you've never worked a day in your entire life. And I do work hard, but I also feel like I never work hard because I'm so lucky. I do what I love. And I love what I do and I can tell by your voice that you do too.